I am Camille Johnson, and this is Finding the Floor. Stories and reflections of midlife motherhood, family, and finding meaning in it all. Join me as I share a little piece of my life and figure out what I want to be when I grow up. Hey everyone, welcome to Finding the Floor. This is episode 90 and today we're going to talk about the term anti-fragile. I've sort of been intrigued by this term, doing a little bit of research, reading a book, and it's been kind of fun. So I'm going to share a couple thoughts from what I've learned. And first, I hope all of you had an awesome Easter weekend. We did. It was good. It was cold and it snowed on Monday. Yay, spring in Cleveland. And by Saturday, it's supposed to be 70 degrees. So what? (laughs) So done. Luckily today, it's warmer and sunny. So kind of at this point when you're living in Cleveland, I don't know if it's, it could be a lot of the Midwest, but you just curse the clouds in April. Like you have had your time. Just go away. And the second thing was today I was getting up and taking my kids to seminary. And so, you know, I'm like up in the bathroom brushing my teeth and I was in there first. We just have one bathroom upstairs that we all share. And anyway, I was brushing my teeth and my son comes in and I noticed like before he came in the hand towel you guys remember my pet peeve the whole hand towel which I'm totally getting better but I just noticed again it was not on the hook I'm like oh so I just put it on the hook didn't make a big deal tried not to complain and so he comes in and does his brushes his teeth and whatever and uses a hand towel and then just like puts it on the counter (laughs) And I just kind of looked at him. I didn't say anything. I just hung it back up. (laughs) It's an ongoing thing. Who knows? They may never put it on the hook. And I think I need to just accept that. (laughs) Okay. All right. So this idea of anti-fragile... First, I always say, oh, I got this idea from a podcast. And this is similar because I was listening to the same Follow Him podcast, which is like a podcast about like the Come Follow Me curriculum hosted by Hank Smith and John, by the way. And they have all these guests, usually experts lately of like the Old Testament. And this particular week, they were talking about Joseph of Egypt from Genesis which is funny because last week I talked about Judah from that same story. But this expert mentioned that Joseph became anti-fragile, meaning that he got stronger because of the hardships that he had to overcome. 
So I'm going to begin by talking about fragile and anti-fragile, okay? Because fragile is easy to imagine. You think of a china teacup, right? Or some china figurine, something that if you tip over and it lands on a hard surface, it's going to break really easily. And so something that is fragile, you know, the term of like a bull in a china shop, like that is not where you want a bull because everything's going to break. And a fragile, let's say person or system doesn't necessarily like stressors. And it will get weaker because of a stressor. Okay, there's a book called Anti-Fragile, Things That Gain from Disorder by Nassim Nicholas Taleb. And I've read most of that book. (laughs) I may talk more about it next week, but I think I've gotten to the most relevant part that I want to use for today. There's a lot of really dense things in that book, but it is fascinating. So I don't know if he came up with this term, um, but he kind of came up with this in a mathematic type of way. And so as he explained it in his book, and then I listened to a few different like book reviews to make sure I was understanding things, and then a couple lectures that he gave. And if you think of fragile... And if you think of like a moving box and what do you put on the moving box? You put handle with care on the moving box. So people know that whatever's inside could break easily. And so he says a lot of times we think the opposite of fragile is either resilient or robust. And he's saying actually those two terms, when someone is resilient they actually stay the same. And I think a lot of times when you talk about being resilient, that what you're really meaning is anti-fragile, like I'm going to grow and get stronger from from going through hard things. But really the term is anti-fragile because both resilient and robust, which are both good, but they're going to just stay the same. They're not going to grow or change or actually benefit and get stronger from the stressors that are upon them. Okay, so if you have a box of something that is anti-fragile, let's say, you know, I don't know, something that is steel or just something that you know will not break. He says, what would you say on that box? you would say, feel free to mishandle. Those would be the opposite. Like this box is going to be fine if it falls out of the moving truck and someone grabs it and it puts it back on. Actually, I don't know what type of thing would happen, but it might even get stronger because of going through all that things. Okay. So that is the difference. You have fragile that doesn't like any type of volatility or stressors and anti-fragile that is like loves chaos and stressors and actually grow stronger because of them. Now there is a little caveat that we'll kind of bring up but like certain things can be anti-fragile to a certain point as long as they have 
enough time to like rest and recover, if that makes sense. Okay, so you need some recovery in between to like, you know, make that process really work. So an image that came across in the book, and I think that's also really helpful for anti-fragile is like the Hydra monster. So actually, if you do harm to it, it grows three heads instead of one. So every time you cut off its head, it actually grows stronger and stronger. If you think of that, the animated Hercules, how afterwards they're like, stop cutting its head off. It's just like coming back and making it stronger. So and then if you think about the phoenix, which a lot of times we're like, you know, you grow from the ashes or like a phoenix. But in some ways, a phoenix doesn't really change. It just disintegrates with fire and then is born again in the ashes and it just becomes the same phoenix again. So it's not necessarily stronger. So that would be an example of a resilient image or figure. And then fragile, you kind of think of any human in some ways. Think of Achilles, the Achilles heel, like he thought he was so great, but the arrow hit his heel and he died. So um, those three things, you have fragile, resilient or robust, and then anti-fragile. So there's a lot to really take in and talk about from the book. And I'm going to make three points, which I got from an article that kind of helped me also condense this idea because there's just so much in there that I thought would be helpful for us today. So lesson one from the book And this is kind of what I've been mentioning before, is that fragile items break under stress and anti-fragile items get better from it. So again, you have the example of the Hydra. And today I was asking my husband in the movie, The Black Panther, the Marvel movie, the Black Panther gets a new suit that absorbs hits and actually transfers them back into energy. So I think of that as being anti-fragile. So if he, even if he gets hit, it's actually giving him more power and getting stronger because of it. I don't know if that's for sure, but I was just thinking, oh, that like the Black Panther outfit, that was something that could absorb stressors <laughs> and then turn it back into energy to make him even stronger. Okay. So lesson two is anti-fragile systems usually consist of many fragile parts. So there's a lot of examples that he gives in the book. One is nature itself. Nature itself actually is pretty fragile. I mean, I've talked about how I hate watching nature shows with my kids because you have the stronger animal that ends up eating the weaker animal and... But nature itself is anti-fragile. Okay, so he says in his book, so for an anti-fragile system to work, its individual parts must be fragile because the success and failure of these parts serves as important feedback for the system as a whole and allows it to get better in chaotic circumstances. So another example he has, so we had nature and 
Then we have the restaurant industry, he said, is anti-fragile. But starting a restaurant is actually a pretty risky and fragile thing. And if it wasn't, we wouldn't have a variety of good food. We'd probably, he was saying, just have like cafeteria-like food. And people wouldn't be innovating and trying to make sure they're getting constant feedback to understand what consumers want. So there's this industry, people want to go out to dinner. They don't want to always make a dinner. So that's like a constant, that is anti-fragile. But making sure your restaurant is really good is also important. So you might have a lot of failed restaurants But because of those failed restaurants, either the restaurateur might start again because of the lessons they learned, or another restaurant person might be aware of the failures of other restaurants and been able to learn from those mistakes. So that's the blessing of an anti-fragile system. And I think in general, being okay with failure and that failure is simply a way to get feedback That is also how you just get more and more anti-fragile as you're trying new things. So there was a guy, he was the founder of Quest, which is um, like a protein nutrition bar. He gave this little 12-minute speech about anti-fragile and how you become more anti-fragile when you're kind of, when you're okay with seeing your failures as just an opportunity for learning. I think of like the movie Meet the Robinsons. You know how you keep moving forward says from failure, you learn from successes, not so much. Or when they're like, you failed, hooray. You know, so all the things you learn from failure. So Tom Bilyeu is the founder of the Quest Bars. And he was talking about how being okay with failure helps make you more anti-fragile. So we had first, fragile items break under stress. Anti-fragile items get better from it. Second, anti-fragile systems consist usually of many fragile parts. And then lesson three, anti-fragile systems work because they build extra capacity when put under stress. Okay, so if you think about this with weightlifting, like our bodies are built to get stronger when put under stress. So in the past, when we had more of an agricultural hunter-gatherer type society, that would just come naturally. We would be working out in the fields or we'd be like hunting for food and we wouldn't have to like get in a workout before we sat all day. So now more of us are in front of a computer or doing stuff that's not necessarily going to stress our body all the time and not stress our body like lifting weights might. And these, what I find is fascinating as I have been lifting weights lately and I've been going through this program um, a few different times and I notice how I get to the point, usually the end of a particular um, series or sequence, whatever we're doing at that time, and I, I'm still able to lift my weight, but it's, I'm screaming and it's just like barely. And I, I'm like, my arm is dead or my leg is dead afterwards. 
And that is actually what you want. Like they're like, if you fail, that's awesome. Then you know that is your limit. And so you, I've been keeping track. And so I notice as, so when I fail and then the next day, you know, my muscles are just so sore. And it's also kind of goes back to the first or the second point is that I've got, I'm breaking some of the systems in my body, but when they grow back, so the little muscle fibers break, but when they grow back, they actually grow back stronger. Same thing is with cardio, like as you get more of a capacity to run farther or, um, you know, with whatever you're working on, your body slowly develops a capacity to get stronger and stronger. Now, the key here, the point too, is you have to have sufficient rest and recovery or you then become fragile with too many stressors. So you have to have days of rest and days off. Let's say you work maybe upper body one day and lower body the other so that you can give time for rest and recovery to not stress those muscles too much so that they have time to recover. I was thinking extra capacity as a parent. I remember when I had my first son being like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? Like everything was new and overwhelming And it was the first time I had done it. And just having one kid seemed like so, so hard. And then I remember when I had my second child, when I held her in my arms that, you know, the first time that feeling of like, oh, I can do this. I've done this before. Like my capacity had grown because I had been put under stress and I learned how to raise at least so far, because my son was two. I knew how to do zero to two. And I think as we grow as parents, we're like, okay, I know how to do this part. And I think each, then we transition into like two to four and we're like, oh man, how do you do potty training? And then you go through that and you're able to do that with your other kids. And I think with my fifth child, I was thinking, wow, I am pretty okay. Like I wasn't stressed about feeling like I could take care of her, even though, you know, I didn't sleep as, she was like my worst (laughs) sleeper. Like I didn't sleep for like a year or more, but I had gained a lot of skills and I felt like I was stronger. And I think back to like, I remember having two kids and being really overwhelmed, like, oh my gosh, this is like so hard. How can anyone go out of their house with two children and like go to the store and not lose their minds. And then you get to the point where you just get stronger and your capacity grows and you're becoming more and more anti-fragile. Because I just love this because I feel like that is how our Heavenly Father designed us and designed the world so that we become stronger when we grow and learn from stressors like this anti-fragile. Okay, so another example I was thinking about just recently because I had been reading this book and a couple weeks ago we went to this funeral in Baltimore. And Baltimore is about six hours from us, which seems like nothing 
for us because we drive across a country. We've done that for years. So like six hours, like, do we need to even pack snacks? Um, Again, that capacity to grow and, you know, like driving that long seems long for some people. And it, for us, it didn't seem that long. But on the way back, I was the first one to start driving. And we always joke that whenever I drive, there's either traffic or weather. Like I get the bad weather and I get just like traffic. Now, not to say that my husband doesn't have to deal with, he's had to deal with traffic before and and weather, but it just always seems like I for sure get it. So again, we had been driving for maybe 10 minutes and it starts raining. And then an hour later, temperatures are dropping. So it's like snowing and I am totally fine. And my husband says to me, he's like, here we go. There's your weather. And I was thinking about this book and instead of complaining about the situation, I said, you know what? It's okay because I've become anti-fragile with this type of situation. Like I have grown stronger because I've driven so many times through bad weather and just driven so many times in general. Like this is not even bothering me. So I just think it's really, really cool, this idea of anti-fragile. There was a couple other kind of ideas of, like from the book, he kind of talks about, we should crave disorder because there are some systems that really gain from chaos. And sometimes I think as a world or we talk about, oh my gosh, there's so many chaotic things happening. How could God design a world in this way. And I am fascinated by this term because we actually gain from this chaos and these stressors and this disorder. We learn and we grow and we get stronger. Okay, so I was thinking about Hiram Smith's belief window. That's, I think that's one of like my earlier episodes. Um, Like, somewhere in the 20s. And I was thinking about how one of his things was that we crave variety. So if you think about your life, and if it's very predictable, like you're doing the same things over and over, sometimes we say we're in a rut, like we need to change things up a bit. One thing Mr. Talib mentions is that if you have two people, and one person, you could probably put like mark your clocks too is he is home every day at a certain time always never late always 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 and then you have another person who fluctuates you know within an hour they're sometimes home at this time but sometimes I have to stay late what happens when the person who is always on time is late one time there is a bit of a panic I think sometimes like when you have kids who are riding the bus and the bus is late and usually the bus is on time and you're like freaking out. There was one time where literally, well, not one time, there's been a numerous times where the bus has been super late and I start panicking because, oh my gosh, something's happened. They're not home at this certain time. So he's saying sometimes a fragile system is a little bit too predictable and it will create panic when something is out of order and 
then if you have this person who comes home within an hour and sometimes is early and sometimes late, if there is a little bit of variation, no one's going to panic. So he's saying that that's actually good. So there, there was also this idea of like, sometimes we think a really, a job like a banker or in a corporate job is a pretty stable job. And as opposed to like a taxi driver, that seems like kind of more fragile. But what he's saying, the opposite is true. A taxi driver has a lot of small little fares. So each day is very different for him. So he could have a big payout one day and then not very much another day. Whereas a banker has a regular or someone in a corporate setting has a regular salary or bi-monthly paycheck that comes every month. But if let's say he gets laid off or the company goes down, his job is really fragile in that way. Whereas if a taxi driver just misses one fare or doesn't have a good day, he's not going to be affected in the same way as the banker or the corporate person. So I just thought that was kind of fascinating, the idea of having multiple smaller incomes actually might be a little more anti-fragile. Now, um, it was interesting. I've told you before that like I'm a member of Jody Moore's Be Bold group and and you kind of listen to these coaching calls and you can be involved in the coaching calls, like get your name on and then you get to be coached. And I hadn't ever really done that because I always like it's always taken, but there are some open coaching calls where you get on live and if you just raise your hand, you can get coached. And And so I was just feeling like I have this particular issue. Like I was just feeling not very confident as I was applying for jobs and I wanted help with that. And I actually got picked and I was like, okay, what is she going to say? Like, what are things she's going to tell me? And I found it so interesting that the coach, it wasn't Jody Moore, it wasn't one of her other coaches, but she said, you need to be okay with failing big and just be okay with that. Because as you get used to that and be okay with failing big, you won't be so much worried about failing at all because you've already done it. You've already gone through those feelings. It's really just the thoughts you're having about those feelings anyway. And so just apply for jobs and don't get any. (laughs) Keep on applying because if you don't put yourself out there in the first place, you're never going to get a job. And so I just thought that was here. The whole point is that when you become anti-fragile, you get stronger from going through stressful situations and that as human beings, that is what we do. There are other systems that are anti-fragile, but my whole point is that I want you to recognize how important it is that you as a human being, and I feel like God created the world and the way we interact with each other, which all seems very chaotic, is actually really helpful to all of us. We're actually getting stronger. That is how we get stronger, is these stressors. Now, of course, you still need to make sure that you don't have too many stressors and that you have enough recovery time. That, again, is key to making sure that you don't become fragile because of not enough recovery time after your stressors. But I just think it's a cool term. So as you think about parenting, sometimes I think it's interesting as I've noticed um, 
parents who have maybe one or two kids. And it seems like that's some sometimes one or two kids, no offense, sometimes it is chaotic. But sometimes I think they're just used to like everything in order and going as it should be. And then you have families that are just like, you think things are chaotic and crazy, which is sometimes our family. Like right now being down to three kids seems like a little too calm at some point that you're just like, you just roll with the punches. You just have to like keep moving and someone didn't tell you about this activity that was happening or a science fair project or a treat that they needed to bring for this. And you just keep rolling and you're not put out by the stressors. Nate and I always joke about we are super really good at the last minute. Like you give us something to do last minute and we are on. (laughs) Like we were getting ready. We were having people over for Easter and we had like an hour and a half and we were just like people were moving, cleaning things up. And we were just like, why is it we just do so well? Sometimes we just hyper focus even if we'd had like two days to get ready. Some that were just better in that more stressful, let's focus, you know, do this environment. So Anti-Fragile, it's very cool. The book is called Anti-Fragile by um, Nassim Nicholas Talib, And it's very good, very dense. <laughs> I'll have a lot of links to the other summaries and stuff, but it is a good book if you want to sit down for a nice thick read that's going to take you a bit of time. (laughs) All right, you guys, thanks so much for joining me today. I just think, wow, this is so fun that I get to just learn and share some things that I've learned with you guys. So I hope you guys all have a great week. And if you want, subscribe to my weekly or sometimes bi-weekly <laughs> newsletter whenever I, it's more really a thought that comes out or give me a review on either whatever um, podcasting app. But most of you are on Apple Podcasts. I'd love a review. That would be awesome. Okay, have a great week and I will talk to you next week. Okay, bye. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you have any questions, come by findingthefloor.com where I will have show notes and links for anything I've mentioned today. Special thanks to Seth Johnson for creating and performing the theme music. Come back next week and thanks for listening. 